0: If you like what you hear on this episode, you're going to want to come check out my new podcast called the unfuck your brain podcast. What you're listening to right now, the lawyer stress solution has ceased production of new episodes, but unfuck your brain is rocking and rolling. Every week I release a new episode of the unfuck your brain podcast, teaching you the same great tools for taming your brain, but with even more applications to other areas of your life. You can search for it by name, Remember, there's an asterisk instead of the U in unfuck, because we like to be polite, or just click the link to it in the podcast description for this show. I'll see you over there. You're listening to The Lawyer Stress Solution, the only podcast that teaches you cognitive science-based techniques specifically created for lawyers. Learn how to manage your lawyer brain and conquer the stress, anxiety, and overwhelm of lawyer life. Here's your host, former lawyer and certified master coach, Cara Lowenthal. Hello, everyone. It's the beginning of July, just wrapped up June, obviously, and that means one thing, mid-year reviews. Today's episode actually comes to you thanks to a listener named Sarah from L.A., She's on my email list, so she got my blog last week about dealing with mid-year reviews, and she actually emailed me to ask if I could talk more about this topic on a podcast. And your wish is my command, dear listeners. So here it is. And by the way, if you want to read the blog, the link is in the show notes for this episode. So you just go to www.thelawyerstresssolution.com forward slash mid-year review, all one word. The link to the blog will be there. And please feel free to email me any topics you'd like me to cover, like Sarah did. I'm always happy to oblige. So there's a link to email me on the show notes page as well. So let's talk about mid-year reviews. I like to call this the mid-year review meltdown. The last two weeks, pretty much every one of my clients has emailed or texted me or come to their session freaking out about their mid-year reviews. It doesn't seem to matter if they've been killing it or if they've been struggling in any objective sense. They're all completely freaked out by the process, which is not all that surprising, right, given not only what people perceive to be the high cost and implications of the process of the mid-year review process, but also just that lawyers are often very sensitive and receptive to what authority figures think of them. We see a lot of anxiety about performance and validation in lawyers or certainly in my clients. And so mid-year review just really brings that to a head. But here's the thing about the mid-year review meltdown. It's so unnecessary. Like any meltdown, it just means your brain is rampaging around like a toddler having a tantrum. That's what's happening. Your brain is having a tantrum. When you're having a mid-year review meltdown, you're believing your thoughts. That's the essential problem. So let's break down what's actually happening in your mid-year review, no matter who you are, and where your brain is leading you astray. There are two types of feedback you can get in a mid-year review. The first is facts, and the second is opinion. I'm gonna explain what I mean by those. So what do I mean by facts? My clients are always trying to convince me that it's a fact that if the partner on their biggest case thinks they don't answer emails quickly enough, they're going to end up dying alone under a bridge, <laughs> right? But that's not a fact. Not for them, and not for you. A fact, in the context of your mid-year review, is something that your reviewer tells you that is completely objective with no uncertainty or interpretation. So for example, if you didn't meet your billables target for the first half of the year, that's a fact. If you missed a filing deadline, that is a fact. If you punched a client in the face, (laughs) I haven't had that happen to a client yet, but anything good. If you punched a client in the face, that's a fact everything else is an opinion. If someone else's opinion of your work, your attitude, your personality, your style, your writing, whatever it is, it's not a fact. It's just someone else's opinion. In other words, when you get your mid-year review, some of what you are told will be facts. And you probably already know those facts. And some of it, the part you're more worried about, the part you don't know, will just be other people's thoughts. They might be positive thoughts about you or negative thoughts about you, but they're still just someone else's thoughts, just one or two or even five people's opinions. They are not objectively true statements about you. In the review, they offer you these thoughts, but you always get to decide whether you want to believe them or not. But you get to decide whether to agree with the opinions that these people are offering you. so that's how facts and opinions are different, right? A fact is something objective with no interpretation. Anything else is an opinion. Now there are two ways in the context of the media review that facts and opinions are the same. Number one, they only mean what you make them mean. Let me explain what I mean, what I mean about that <laughs> in a minute. Two. Making them mean something that causes stress and anxiety is completely counterproductive to improving anything mentioned in the review. All right, so we're going to go through each one of those in turn because they're both super important. So first, let's take a fact. Let's say you missed a deadline. Maybe you missed more than one. Your review mentions this for obvious reasons. Your review would probably also contain the reviewer's opinion that it's important for you not to miss deadlines and that you need to improve your time management and organizational skills so this doesn't happen again. So you've been given a fact, you missed the deadline, and you've been given an opinion. It's important for you to not miss deadlines and you should change your behavior so as to not miss them. So far, none of that means anything. Those are just circumstances. Another human said words to you conveying this fact, which you already knew, and this opinion. Here's where your brain goes off the tracks. You make this mean something about your ability as a lawyer, your career prospects, and your essential self worth. Here's just a sampling of thoughts that will probably sound familiar to many of you. I can't believe I was so careless. I can't keep up with this job. What is wrong with me? No one else misses deadlines. They're going to fire me. I won't be able to get another job if I get fired. No one wants to hire an associate who misses deadlines. They're going to tell me that I'm not cutting it, I'm a failure. I'm not a good lawyer. I'll never make partner. It's these thoughts that create the meltdown. They produce anxiety, shame, insecurity, and fear. Having missed a deadline is just a fact. It has no independent emotional content. It's your thoughts about what it means about you and your career that create the emotional distress. Even the opinion that you should make sure not to do this again is just someone else's opinion. In and of itself, it can't cause your feelings. Let's take a contrasting example to prove this. If your mid-year review included a recommendation that you dye your hair blue, you probably would not freak out. You'd think that was super odd, but you wouldn't be anxious or ashamed or scared by it. The only difference, emotionally speaking, between the recommendation that you improve your organizational skills and that you dye your hair blue is that you create a terrible story for yourself about one of them. Now, here's the real kicker. All of the meltdown actually makes it harder to improve. So let's take the missed deadline example. You may very well actually agree with your review that you should try not to miss deadlines in the future. You might think, yeah, that's an opinion, but I think that's a good opinion. I share that opinion. I think that I should change that. You can think that thought, I want to improve my organization so I don't miss deadlines, without making it mean something terrible about you. Here's why that's a good idea. If you can think the thought that you would like to improve this aspect of your work style without making it mean something bad about you as you are now, you're way more likely to be able to succeed at making the change, right? So think about it. When you tell yourself all the terrible thoughts that I listed a few minutes ago, you feel anxious, you feel ashamed, you feel insecure, right? You tell yourself, I'm never going to succeed because I can't get organized. My work is always going to be late. I know I'm not doing as thorough a job I could because my files are a mess and I don't have a good system for keeping my time and calendar, right? When you tell yourself all those thoughts, you feel anxious, you feel ashamed, you feel insecure, you feel worried. This next part is so important. It's something I have to teach all my clients. When you feel anxious, ashamed, and insecure, do you act with more or less focus? Do you see more or less clearly? Can you conceptualize and execute strategic action better or worse when you're in that emotional state? Right now, obviously this question has only one answer. You have less focus. You see less clearly. You are less strategic. Anxiety and stress put blinders on your brain. They make it hard to focus and they inhibit creative and strategic thinking. Anxiety basically turns your brain into like a blunt hammer. The good news is that it's only your thoughts about the fact or opinion that are causing that meltdown. Right? That's where all the drama is. Without the thoughts about what it means about you or your career, all you have are facts. you missed a deadline, opinions of someone else. you should not miss deadlines, and maybe even your own opinion. it would be better if I didn't miss deadlines. right? The thought it would be better if I didn't miss deadlines. That is not a stressful thought. What is stressful is the thought. I can't meet deadlines. I keep missing them. I'm never going to succeed. I'm a failure. Now, that is a stressful (laughs) sequence of thoughts, right? Wanting to change something, right? Incorporating what the review tells you and actually acting on ways you could improve, that doesn't have to be stressful. And in fact, receiving feedback during the review about places you could improve itself doesn't have to be stressful, right? It's only stressful because of what you make it mean about your abilities or your future. If missing a deadline has no emotional content and you don't make it mean anything about you, then it's just a problem to solve. It's just like doing an equation. I always imagine, um, you know, crows are birds that are actually quite good at problem solving and they do scientific experiments where they try to get the crow to solve a new problem, right? And they see how many steps it takes it. Like that's all you're dealing with. If you take out the story and the drama about what it means about you and your career, you're just a crow trying to solve a problem with the tools you have at your disposal. It's just math. It's just a fact you want to prevent from happening again. There's no drama. There's no emotional distress. There's no meltdown. The truth is everyone makes mistakes and everyone has room for improvement, right? We do not all graduate law school operating like Clarence Darrow at his peak, right? Ironically, though, it's telling yourself that you're a terrible lawyer that makes you a worse lawyer, Because it creates anxiety and shame that get in the way of seeing what might be valuable in the feedback you're getting and figuring out how to take your practice and skills to the next level, right? When you have that story about yourself, you're worried that you're a failure, you're never going to succeed, you're not a good lawyer, you can't really tell what's going on. I mean, you can tell that facts are facts mostly, but for instance, you're not able to differentiate between good opinions for you to adopt in the opinions that you're given or bad ones, right you can't see clearly because when you think you're a failure you're just looking for confirmation of that so your review might very well include some opinions that really you don't want to adopt that aren't useful for you right that are just who knows preferences of other people that you don't want to follow or unreasonable expectations that really aren't necessary to follow like there might be some bad opinion in there that you don't want to adopt then there might be some useful opinion in there that would be good for you to adopt but you can't tell the difference when you're in meltdown state because you're making anything you hear mean that you're a failure. So this is your mission. When you have your review, I want you to think about each thing you're told and categorize it as fact or opinion. For each fact, I want you to ask yourself the following questions. Is this fact likely to occur again? If so, why? If I wanted to prevent it from happening, what would I need to do? For each opinion, I want you to ask yourself these questions does this opinion make sense to me? Is it reasonable? Do I want to adopt it and believe it as my own thought? When I think this opinion like it is my own thought, how does it feel? If someone offers you a thought and thinking it makes you feel bad about yourself, it is not a helpful thought for you to adopt. And Whether it's a fact or an opinion you're getting, I want you to practice noticing what your brain is making it mean about you or your future. Those are the thoughts you want to work on noticing, but not believing. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone has ways they can take their practice to the next level. Think about your review like a project update. If there are changes you need to make to the project, that's fine. It doesn't mean anything about you as a lawyer or your career potential. Humans are capable of amazing change and growth if they learn to manage their mind. And that includes you. So here's some meltdown-free mid-year review. And for those of you who really want to dig into this, mid-year reviews are perfect examples of a trigger that sets off catastrophizing in lawyer brains. You can download a free guide and exercise on my website that teaches you how to change catastrophizing thoughts. So it's a really great exercise to do about your mid-year review. You can grab it at www.thelawyerstresssolution.com forward slash guide. I will talk to you all next week. If this episode resonated with you, you need to come check out The Clutch because once you've learned how to coach yourself, we have an entire bonus workbook on overcoming work stress. Take you through exercises to deal with overwhelm, to deal with difficult colleagues or bosses, to deal with anxiety, imposter syndrome, worry about your work life, overwhelm, everything that impacts you at work. Plus you can get access to daily support and expert coaching to help you manage your anxiety on literally anything that can come up in the office or at home. You can learn how to overcome imposter syndrome, avoid burnout, and show up confidently at work. I know it's possible because I've done this work on myself. You can sign up at unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash the clutch, or you can just text your email address to 347-934-8861. And we will send you a link right to your phone where you can check out all the information. It's my favorite place in the world and I cannot wait to share it with you.